welcome back to the Riverside Church Daily Devotional for Friday, May 6, 2022. Uh, as we come to the end of the week, I wanted us to take some time and think about this passage in Matthew. This is Matthew 22, 34 through 40, and I'm reading the ESV. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. On Sunday, we read from Galatians 5, and in verse 14, Paul says, For the whole law is fulfilled in this one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus and Paul are both looking back to Leviticus 19.18 when they say, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. As we see throughout Scripture, love plays a pivotal role in our relationship with God. Sometimes we often equate the love we experience with our spouses or children or other loved ones as the same love that God has for us. However, His love for us is much deeper than we could ever experience here on earth. Um, We're able to love because God first loved us. And this is exactly why Jesus and Paul both expressed love of others with love of God. As Jesus says, you shall love your neighbor. Sorry. As Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus is telling these men as well as us that loving God requires a love from all of us. Uh, it takes every part of us. It takes every fiber of our being. If you if you want to put it that way, our heart, our soul, our mind. We can sometimes isolate and compartmentalize our love. We may say we love someone or something, but it is contingent on something or some certain set of circumstances. Men and women have both said they love their spouse and made covenants to love them until death, only to cheat on them days, weeks, or years later. As humans, we experience a kind of love which is unlike the love God shows for us. This is why Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love God basically with every bit of us. Uh, with our heart, with our soul, with our mind. This kind of love takes work day in and day out. We do not wake up one morning and suddenly we love God completely and never have to work on it again. Instead, because we live in a fallen creation, we must constantly keep the love of God on our minds. But why does Jesus and likewise Paul link love of God or following Christ with love of others? Well, let's take a look at the Ten Commandments. Um, I'm not going to look at all of them in depth, but I do want to look at a few. As we look at these, you'll see that God is telling us how our love of others is, is as well an outflow of our love for God. Let's take a few of these for examples. One of them, you shall not covet. We can immediately see how this may affect our relationship with our neighbor, right? You look at something they possess, something they own, car, games, uh, a wife even, or something like that, possessions, success, and we covet it. But what we do in doing that is we slowly begin to resent them for what they have. And then we also begin to resent God because God has been the one ultimately who's given it to them. So coveting goes further than just our relationship with humanity. When we covet, we're saying to God, God, what you have given me is not enough. You need to do better. And since you aren't, I'll take it into my own hands. We could also consider the the, uh, commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. This commandment involves both an acceptance of our position before others and before God. When we lie and bear false witness, we desire for reality to be something that it is not. When someone says when someone says someone hurt them, but they in fact did not, 
They're attacking the person and trying to damage their reputation or their credibility. Likewise, this attacks our relationship with God because it again shows that we wish God had done a better job with the way he had written our story. It is as though we are telling God, I must take it into my own hands. So as we look at these, I want us to continue to to think about the, the statements that were made this Sunday sermon. We can continue the statements that were made in the last two devotionals that we are free, right? Except in this one, we need to remember that in Christ, we are free to love others. Uh, as Jared said on Sunday, Christ is our freedom. Christ is our treasure. And if he is our freedom and he is our treasure, then as we are free to love others, it means we're also expressing a love for God. As Timothy, as Titus 3 says, and I'm going to paraphrase here, before Christ came into our lives, we were enslaved to all kinds of hatred and evil. But since Christ has come, we are now free. In Christ, we're free to love others openly. This means that we are no longer enslaved to our evil desires, which cause us to covet. They cause us to lie, causes us to steal. Instead, we're free to worship God by rejoicing in what he has given us and in what he has given others. See, when the Ten Commandments were written, we obviously can look back and read them, and, and they place love of God as first, our worship of the Lord first. And then our response in worshiping God outflows into our love for others. So we are free to share the love that God has shown us. We are the recipients of a great, great grace. And if we desire to show that God is love, then it requires us to love others as Christ has loved us. He has laid down his life for us. What do we need to lay down today for others?